This week on the reverse stick, Tokyo decided, umpires united, FIH delighted. Well, that's all sorted then, Matt. Um, thanks for listening. And welcome once again to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. I'm one half John Lee, and the other half is... You're one half John Lee. Yeah, well... And I'm 100% Matt Allen, coming to you live and loud from the CBC on a very warm day here, John. 35 degrees at the moment outside. Uh, yes. A little bit warmer inside here, so we've got the door open. We apologise if uh, there's some magpie calls or... Uh, Burnouts happening down the street mid-show. <laughs> you get that sometimes. I'm more worried about the dead rat in the roof, but yeah, well, it's, it's a, not smell or radio. You've, you've spray, you're setting a beautiful scene here at the moment, John. It's beautiful. Um, we'll be getting back to some evening records soon, I think. Now that it's starting to warm up, 40 degrees here in Western Australia yeah. tomorrow. Uh, a lot of fun there. And talking about uh, burnouts on the road, right. uh, you've been in a, a little bit of trouble this week. Not me. I wasn't in trouble. Huh? Well, no, I, was <laughs> I was stationary. I was stationary. Yeah, got a, had had a little bit of an accident. Well, I had I didn't have an accident, but the lady that ran into me did. Yeah, I know. What's she going on? Big accident. Be safe on the roads out there this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I'll, uh, I'll put the dash cam up once all the uh, the finalities of all the particular police investigations <laughs> have come to an end. Yes, yeah. We haven't had a lot of luck, a lot of luck on the road, have we? No. You well, you. You pranked the bus, didn't you? Yeah. Or did someone prank the bus? No, somebody pranked me. Yeah. 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 You were right in the bus. A little bit of safety in that, <laughs> well, you didn't it? know they were coming from behind you. It's much like you, you when you're on the ball. You don't listen to people's call and oh, whack. Thank you very much. Oh, it wasn't bad enough you <laughs> cop one in this week. Thank you very much. Uh, plenty coming up. Because guess what? The Olympics have been decided. We know who's going. The Olympics have been decided. <laughs> yeah, we know Gold medals for Australia in the men's, yep. Netherlands in the women. Yeah. <laughs> You. Was it worth the four-year wait? I don't think it was. We're, you know, we'll just pick the winners out now. No. Um, well, it's all it's all done and dusted. Road for Tokyo decided. Decided indeed. Decided. Well, should we go through the results? Go through the results. Weekend? Go through the results first, John. Do that. Well, let's start with the uh, the men's first, and before we get to this weekend, last weekend's results. Bear in mind that the Netherlands, Spain, and Canada had already qualified from the weekend before, so. Um, First up, it's Great Britain and Malaysia, and Great Britain took out the, the games, both of them. Well, first up, alphabetically first up on your... Uh, yeah, <laughs> alpha, look, can I just say, they've got the results here, and it's in alphabetical order, not in the order. It's a bit weird, and I'm struggling trying to get through this. this is a bit, anyway, it's there. The information's here. Uh, they played the two games. It was a goal difference in the end of plus six to Great Britain, they nine four three against... So they go through uh, Germany and Austria, a uh, goal difference of uh, seven. Uh, Germany going through, scoring ten and uh, just conceding the three. Yeah, but you had a 5-3 five, five, in the one game there as well. Yeah. There, 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 was, there was a close game in most of these ties and through, then, through out, and then, and then advantage home nation in the second game. Yeah, yeah. Um, India played Russia at home, and it was the Indians after once again... A, what started out a reasonably tight game in the first one had got away from them. Um, got away from the, the Russians, end, yeah. It did in the second game. Uh, a goal difference of eight to India there over the two-game stretch. And then it was New Zealand and Korea. 
and it was New Zealand getting home there with a, um, once again a, a six-goal difference. Um, it was tight three two the first game, and yeah. it, it was it was nil nil at the quarter time in the second game. And the Koreans, I mean the Koreans defensively were very very good, and they they worked the ball out of the um, defence very well. Um, a lot of good tackers from from the boys playing there, but then they just give the ball away too easily, and, and yeah, the Kiwis went a bit rampant uh, in the from the second quarter onwards in that game, and so deserved the, the win. The second game was the three nil result, was it? Yeah, three it was three three two the first game. Okay, right. Yeah. Well, that's not reflected when you look at the way that this is written up on TMS. It looks like it's 3-0 in the first game and 3-2 in the second. No. That's uh, interesting, isn't it? <laughs> just to confuse you. Uh, to, okay. Look, I'll, we'll go with it. But I would have thought that the first game score oh, but it would does, be first. It does the same with the Netherlands-Pakistan game as well. It does it all with them all. So at least it's been consistent. Anyway. Well, let's move on from that. That was on the men's side. Of this things, is a new right? style of sheet. This is this is different to some sheets that you've I've seen you pull up there before. You are better with paper, mate. You really are. Uh, yeah. Well, not happy about that. Should we go back and uh, check the women's? We just got to do the clicky clicky to get it from web page to web page. I am much better uh, with paper. Uh, for the women <laughs> reports, Matt, who made it through from last week? Let's test your um... the women's teams. Germany. Um... Ireland and GB. Okay, so that meant it was. Um, you mentioned Spain, didn't you? No, no, I didn't. That was the week before, John. Was it? Yep. Uh, not according. Did to you this. not see? Yeah, did you not see the crowds going absolutely wild, getting behind the Spanish girls? Fantastic yeah. to see getting behind so the red got, sticks. Anyway, uh, see, this is a different sheet altogether with the match results. See, there they come in alphabetical <laughs> order. That's much better. That's really no, going to no. throw and confuse me now. Um, India played the USA at home in no particular order, and they got home there. Um, it was a quite comfortable 5-1 advantage oh, in the it's first so, game. Absolutely st- stunning game for them. But then yeah. there, there was a bit of a scare there um, in the second game, and the, and the States did very, very well to... To, well, to come back and fight their way back into that tie. They did. They they got it back to five all, and uh, it was a, a tremendous comeback from the US. And the Indian girls looked slightly stunned, it yeah. must be said. But guess who, mate? Right. Who steps up? Right. Right. Called it. Um, so they got home there by the one goal in the end, and probably a, one of the more entertaining double games across the the series. I thought. Well, because yeah. one to one game was. Well, so well, we saw a comeback, yeah, yeah from from yeah. the visiting team in the in the second half of the game. Then it was turn of the Irish and Canadian women uh, to replays last weekend's tie. Uh, this time it was in Ireland, and um, it golf, was... golf fest, absolute golf fest. Hey, you got that up there? Yeah, nil all in the first game. Yep. And then a goal fest in the second game. 4-3 in a shootout. Oh, that's uh, right, following yeah. a nil-all draw. Is that the one? <laughs> it was slightly uh, rough, the weather going on there, wasn't it? Certainly on that first game. Jeez, Louise. Uh, Good old European hockey, I would have thought. Yeah. And those sorts of conditions. Well, it's, uh, yeah, I should think the, uh, what's the, the, the shinty players? They'd, they'd be up and about quite happily with that. You'd love that. Oh, but a fascinating contest. Oh, yeah, fascinating. Look, Rasheen Upton played with a broken wrist in the, in the second game. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, congrats also to Shirley McKay, who got a 301st international caps. Beautiful to do that in front of a, a packed audience of 6,000-plus. Um, I saw a tweet that there was uh, viewing figures. I think it might have been for the second game of around 380,000 
people in Ireland watching the game uh, through the BBC. So what an incredible advert for our game. Unfortunately, not too many celebratory moments apart from that one at the end. Uh, sad for Canada. They, you know, what a what a great effort that they've put in to relocate, um, play club hockey in Europe to get to this game with the goal of making those Olympic Games. And alas, it wasn't to be for them. Uh, I guess with the hockey gods, though, they've evened it out. The Canadians can support a team at the Olympics. The Irish can support a team at the Olympics. You might not want to hear that, but there's hockey for everybody in both of those nations. Um, what, um, what I find interesting is both the US and Canada were teams that performed well in the second leg of an away uh, an away fixture and managed to bring it. And quite a few of the other games we saw, teams weren't able to back up the next day. They just struggled to get themselves and their game going. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they're obviously doing something right in North America. Um, they got close, both of them got close, and we'll talk about some of the, the rankings, etc. of what's going on there. Yeah. Um, uh, so still Germany, got more games Germany, go. Italy, 2-0 win Italy. in the first game for Germany, and then a 7-0 blowout in yeah, the second game, second follow, game following the majority of the pattern that we've seen there. Yeah. Um, G, you, GB men, you did that 4-1 yeah. win in the opener. and uh, No, Germany... Uh, GB uh, women. Oh, GB women. Chile. Yeah, three three nil win in the opening game. Uh, three nil in the opening game, and then a two one victory in um, the second game. Well, we've actually got some audio here from. Um, oh, we do. Um, Camilla Karam. The. I'm just trying to get my phone to open here, John, because oh. I've got it really handy. Oh, this this so, piece of kit has really been a boost to our professionalism, hasn't unbelievable. it? Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, let's. Uh, Let's hear from Chile Captain Camilla Karam. Thanks to Teo for this audio. Camilla Karam, how are you feeling after that? Uh, well, it was a really tough game at the beginning for us. Very, they came very strong, and with the two goals, it uh, uh, nearly crashed us. Uh, but uh, psychologically, I mean. But then we just uh, had to make a switch in our head and start looking for our, uh, pride in that game and to try and play for us, just for us. And the result in the end didn't matter. Well, that's it. Unfortunately, Chile don't make it to the Olympics. GB do, and they do the double, don't they, John? Um, Adam Dixon, who we caught up with the Pro League down here um, after they lost. Lovely fella, and uh, he also got a chance to catch up with Teo. And, of course, Teo McLeod, friend of the show. Thanks very much, Teo, for sending in the audio. And you can catch up with Teo's latest um, uh, online newspaper, I think, online magazine that he's angling for, the Half Court Press covering all things British and, in particular, Scottish sport at the moment. So good on you, Teo. Check out Half Court yep, Press. have a look. And that's uh, another Pan-American team that showed up in the second game. Yep. Maybe there's something about Pan-American hockey. Just saying. El Capitan, one cap, Capitan. How do you do? Uh, yeah, I'm good. Um, over the moon, in all honesty. I think even after um, the first game, I was... You know, you can't be resting on that first result because it was only really half-time. Uh, there's still one more game to come. So for us to come out and, and hit them quite hard in the first quarter of this game, get two goals on the board was was, was massive for us. Um, but I think, in whole, it's been a great weekend of hockey. That's good to hear from Adam Dixon. Of course, those boys are happy there that they're making their way to Tokyo 2020. Good to hear from the El Capitan. Capitan. Yeah, we might be hearing more from him. Yeah, good to hear. Uh, um, what for the glow high pie market? Could be, yeah, could be. Um, yeah, and look, GB did it in a bit of a stroll. It must be said. Yep. I was a bit worried. Uh, yeah, Maybe yeah, yeah. potential banana peel there. The, the Indian men got through quite solidly. 
The Indian yeah. women. So wob- wob- wobbles, wobbles in the first game for the men and wobbles in the second yeah. game for the women uh, would have given plenty of excitement. Great to see uh, good numbers down there watching Indian women's hockey as well at the Kalinga Stadium in, in Odisha. Yeah, now let's have a look. What does that mean? Well, these are the teams that have qualified for the 2020 Olympic Games in Tokyo. And uh, first up from the the Pro League, oh sorry, from the Confederations Champions, Australia, Belgium, Argentina, South Africa and Japan. And through the, the um, Pro League and the World Series, it's the Netherlands, India, Germany, Great Britain, Spain, New Zealand and Canada. They'll be on the men's side of things all at Tokyo. Uh, for the women, uh, Qualifying as continental champions, New Zealand, the Netherlands, Japan, Argentina, and South Africa. Question mark, question mark. Little dot thing with lines to it. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that in a sec. Qualifying through Pro League and other tournaments, it's uh, Australia, Germany, Great Britain, Spain, Ireland, India, China. There's nobody actually qualified through Pro League, though, have they? They've gained a right to yeah, get, a, well, get a playoff game. Only, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, that's right. They've got their place there through the Pro League, and the other one was a hockey series. Series, yeah. Okay, so um, who missed out, Matt? Well, Malaysia missed out on the men's side. France, Ireland, Korea, Pakistan, Austria, and Russia. On the women's side of things, it's Korea, um, Belgium, the US, Canada, Italy, Chile, and Russia. Now, on those teams that missed out, because there's 12 teams going to the Olympic Games, uh, Malaysia are ranked number 11, and France are ranked number 12. That's Did I say women? That's the men's side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ireland are ranked 13th in the world. So they wouldn't... <laughs> I'm just interested in the, the, the way the rankings and teams that make the World Cup final, well, make tournaments like this, because often we hear people talking about uh, how ranking systems work and whether they're, you know, yeah, yeah. Whether you can whether they're accurate, whether they're accurate, how accurate they yeah. are, and this sort of—they're not too bad, far off the pace when you consider that Japan, who would have gone anyway but qualified in their own right, they—they they didn't qualify through their hosting ability necessarily. They—they they claimed the tournament that they needed to win to go to the Olympic Games. They're ranked fifteenth, and the next high, uh, lowest ranked team is South Africa at fourteenth. All of the other teams there would have gone on a, a world ranking basis alone. If you just went the top X, they would have all gone. Yes, yeah, yeah. So I'm just wondering how that reflects with the rankings. For the women on the same sort of thing, it was uh, the teams that missed out, Korea number 11 and Belgium at 12th. Um, that's their rankings with the US just outside at 13th. Um, so South Africa have a, a world ranking of 16 and Japan who get through on the um, Asian qualification, they're ranked at 14. And now what I think really good about Japan getting through is that they qualify on their mo- own merits. So that place that normally go, yeah. might go to a team that's ranked 27th or something, um, you're, they're actually going to be a good team. So it's, it's, it's going to strengthen the, the pools this time around. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because of the hockey playing country, different to when Brazil yeah. were, were involved. Yeah, in if this was a World Cup and you took the rankings... Um, South Africa on the women's side of things would have just squeezed in at 16, but Malaysia, France, Ireland, and Korea in the men would all be going. 
to a, a World Cup if it was just based on who uh-huh. had the most ranking points. Um, so these things are sort of fairly accurate. It seems, it seems. But it, and it should uh, be, but there's also weighting along the way with what you get invited to play and, and uh, the format of the particular competitions, isn't there? Just yeah. So on, on the women's side, it looks as though uh, the groups would line up uh, Netherlands, Germany, GB, Ireland, India, South Africa or Japan in one group, and then in group two, Australia, Argentina, New Zealand, Spain, China, and then Japan or Korea in that second group. So if the South Africans aren't permitted to go... So I believe the process is that the uh, uh, the invitations will go out within the next 10 days or so. The national associations, Olympic associations, then have two-week period to respond as to whether they are going to take part or not. Uh, and as we've talked about before in the show, the extra qualification that was set by SASCOC in South Africa is that their teams needed to finish a top two in Hockey World League finals. The men did it. The women didn't do it, so there's a very strong chance. I mean, we could still see that the men don't get allowed to go and they renege on that deal. <laughs> so that's not being spoken about at all at the moment. It's still a very real possibility. There's no money. No. We'll wait and see. Uh, you got any more news from recently? Because it's all been taken up with Olympic qualifiers. Yeah, uh, well, basically, we... there is a, a couple of other things that have been happening around the place. Well, we've had hockey the, one. We've had the yeah. I'll take you hockey one in a second. We've had the, okay. the finish of the. Uh, the HRH Tuanku Zara Invitational Women's Indoor Hockey Tournament That's in uh, Ipo in Malaysia. Uh, Malaysia finished top there of the Waza. Uh, Uzbekistan in second, Chinese Taipei third, Philippines fourth, and Nepal in fifth place there. Uh, it was a 3-0 win for Malaysia over Uzbekistan in the final. And um, coming up, there's a couple of things. Uh, basically, the Pro League gets underway the 11th of January for the women and it's the 17th of January for the men. Before that, pretty quiet on the international scale. Uh, South Africa and Sweden, uh, Switzerland, sorry, the men and women will be playing a senior tournament, indoors tournament, involving six matches from the 10th to the 16th in Durban and Cape Town. Uh, there's also a Three Nations Invitational Under-21 Women's Tournament happening in Canberra here in Australia with India and New Zealand alongside the hosts, Australia. And that's about it before the uh, the Pro League kicks off early next year. We're not going to have much of a Christmas break this year, are we? It's the 11th, <laughs> they kick it off on the 11th. It's fairly early in the year. Um, we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. I'm sure we'll have plenty of time to do that. Um, any more news or? Uh, yes, yeah, Sultana Brown Hockey won. Oh, yes. Just, um, final round of games were played last weekend. Tassie Tigers in the women's comp. 5-3 winners. Their first win of the competition this year. And it's the first time both the men's and the women's Tasmanian teams have won on the same weekend in a very long time, I'm told. Uh, they were 4-0 winners over the Thundersticks as well. They make their way through to Deserved the final four. Wins. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Brisbane Blaze in the women's, 2-0 winners over New South Wales Pride, and New South Wales Pride, 5-0 winners over Brisbane Blaze in the men's comp, and then routing out the competition at the weekend. Uh, Hockey Club Melbourne against Adelaide Fire in the women's was a 1-1 draw, the Fire getting up 4-3 on the shootout, and a goal fest between the the men's uh, Chalk Milks and the Fire, a 6-5 win to Melbourne, could turn around there. That means, John, the final standings in of the ladder in the women's competition. Hockey Club Melbourne top, Brisbane Blades second, Adelaide Fire third, and Canberra Chill squeezing in with uh, Thundersticks not being able to put out a result in Tasmania. And the uh, top four in the men's, New South Wales Pride, Brisbane Blades. Uh, the Pride have gone six six and zip. 
um, looking very, very strong, but that's the first defeat for the Blaze. Tassie Tigers up into third spot and Hockey Club Melbourne in fourth. What does that mean, John? Well, uh, we've got semi-final action coming up this weekend on the Saturday. Uh, Brisbane Blaze, this is in the women's comp, take on the Adelaide Fire. Uh, ins for the Blaze, Kendra Fitzpatrick and Rebecca Griner. Outs, Jesse Reed and Alicia Newman. Yes, the umpire Alicia Newman, uh, been very busy. Adelaide Fire in Gemma McCaw, out Kate Denning now. Gemma McCaw and uh, Kayla Whitelock announced this week for New Zealand, come back and back into the squad. So both aiming for a Tokyo uh, spot there. Uh, when what have we got there? New South Wales Pride versus Hockey Club Melbourne. That's on the Saturday. Uh, in for the Pride, Nathaniel Stewart, Tristan White, and Sam Gray out. Dane Richards, Hayden Dillon, and Aaron Hazel, and Kieran Aruna Salem in for Hockey Club Melbourne. Andrew Philpot out, and two more games to go. Uh, Brisbane Blaze versus the Tigers in the men's comp. That's on Saturday at the State Hockey Centre in Queensland. Justin Douglas in, Luke Tyne out for the Blaze. And, uh, oh, Grant Woodcock back in in goal for the Tigers. Uh, obviously no uh, tree climbing uh, expeditions or anything going on this oh, weekend. Or, uh, Henry Chambers out. Uh, go the Tigers. You know, we're, we're yep, 100% right behind the Tigers and uh, Sam McCambridge there. And the final game, rounding, rounding out the semi-finals in the women's comp uh, at the State Netball and Hockey Centre in Melbourne. Hockey Club Melbourne versus Canberra Chill. Amy Lawton in, Laura Desmond out for the uh, the Chalk Milks. A uh, lot of changes in the Canberra side. Now, they've used their imports very, very well. They've got a couple of very handy players and uh, new people in there. Brooke Paris, Jess Smith, Edwina Bone, Yui Ishibashi, <laughs> Kalindi Comerford, all in. Yeah, back not off, bad ins. Uh, international duty. And out, Michaela Evans, Alicia Price, Emily Robson, Olivia Martin and Taylor Thompson. You can catch all of that locally here in Australia on KO Sports over the weekend. That then leads into our finals the week after, John, uh, which will be streamed on Fox Sports. Maybe Tips. you get that. Uh, Just quickly, uh, go through the four games. So uh, in the women's, Melbourne versus Canberra Chill. I think... Uh, oh, Melbourne. Chill, chill could... Well, I'll go Chill just to be controversial. Um, Brisbane Blaze versus Taggy, Tazzy Tigers. That's the men's. In the men's. Oh, Tigers. Go the Tigers. <laughs> okay, New South Wales Pride versus Hockey Club Melbourne in the men's. Oh, now the Pride stitched them up recently, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, um, oh, it's hard for them to go past. Yeah, you've got to go Pride in that game, I would think. Yeah. Uh, go Flynn Boy. And Brisbane Blaze versus Adelaide Fire in the final women's. Um, uh, it's not going to be Adelaide, I don't think. No? Even no. with Gemma McCall back in? No, I don't think they're going to have enough. Brisbane Blaze it is. You heard it here first, guys. Uh, yeah, check out hockey1.com.au for all of the news on the Sultana Brown Hockey One League. Breaking news. Oh, breaking news. Breaking news. I had some communication this morning, Matt, uh-huh. from um, uh, a source in Malaysia. Okay. And was it, um, wasn't, wasn't a hot source, was it? No. A bit spicy. Uh, it's a bit spicy. Um, okay, the source sent two messages. Now, the first message relates to Malaysian hockey in general, and, and sorry, Malaysian hockey, but specifically more to um, what what's going on with the general direction of Malaysian hockey. And it's a in response to recent Olympic qualifying performances. And when we when we talk about well done to all the teams that are going and commiserations to the teams that aren't, there's as we found out and, or knew. In recent times, there's a lot riding 
on these games and for these confederations that aren't going, there's a lot of hard work ahead of them to be able to even just maintain where they are now. Um, and it's very difficult because in these times as well, there's always going to be, you know, arrows coming um, in these situations and, you know, some might be deserved, some maybe not. But this um, this blog appeared on the eyes of uh, the eyes of Enbarrage. Let me get that right. The uh, from the eyes of Enbarrage. It's a blog on blogspot.com, and it's a story written by Mr. V M Chandran. Uh, posted on Tuesday, the fifth of November, aftermath of a disastrous failure, imminent need for new blood in Malaysian hockey. And uh, in it, Mr. Um, Chandran lays out uh, um, some issues um, uh, on what he calls an objective level. Let's search for outcomes. Uh, men and women had failed to qualify for 2016 and 2020 Olympics. Apparently, the men haven't qualified for 20 years. The men were second last at the 2018 World Cup when the target was to be top eight. Uh, at the 2018 Commonwealth, play, uh, Commonwealth Games, they placed fifth when the target was three. At the Asian Games, they won a commendable silver. The target was gold. Uh, they did not qualify for the 2016 Junior World Cup, but they did participate as a backdoor entry. They placed 11th when the target was eighth. Uh, their homegrown annual international tournaments, uh, Aslan Shah and Sultan Johor for juniors, in the last four years we were unable to engrave our names as champions. The women failed to enter the final of the uh, 2017 Southeast Asia Games. A whole lot of stuff about the deterioration of the junior hockey leagues. And uh, mounting debts where funds are being circulated from the original purpose to, def- to fulfil urgent needs. Now, he goes on to look at some things that he calls of a subjective nature that involve coaching and, and administration. But sums it up this way. The list can continue, but it serves no purpose in flogging a dead horse. The affiliates have to recognise that the administration of Malaysian hockey needs the right person for the right qualification to undertake the right job. There are a number of good personalities who can transform Malaysian hockey. However, the affiliates need to give such people the room to bring a working team to get a proper roadmap to glorify Malaysian hockey. If pettiness and self-glorification exercise prevails among affiliates, then the affiliates must realise they are placing the last few nails in the coffin for the demise of Malaysian hockey. Now, Bang. just remind me what the date of that was. That was uh, posted on the 5th of November. Which I believe is... 2019. Yeah, I think it's, it's a call to arms or a clarion call because the uh, elections um, just took place in the Nation Hockey Confederation, didn't they? Uh, I think it was the, the, the day after that. Now, I spotted an article, uh, what was this in? Uh, Star of Malaysia, with the headline, Angry Backers May Take MHC Polls to Cops and Sports Commissioner, which always bodes well, doesn't it? Uh, fuming supporters are threatening police reports and complaints to the Sports Commissioner after the Malaysian Hockey Confederation elections turned ugly with the challenger for the presidency being disqualified. The Kedah Hockey Association leaders are especially incensed. They had unanimously nominated Air Asia Executive Chairman Datuk Kamaruddin Moran uh, for the president's post on November the 1st. But a day later, Kedah HA President Asmarul Anwar Aris made a U-turn and nominated incumbent Datuk Seri Subahan Kamal instead. Kamaruddin received two nominations from Johor and Kuala Lumpur Hockey Association but could not get the third needed to qualify for the contest. 
Um, yeah, a few very unhappy people there uh, in Malaysia at the moment. Be interesting to see how far that runs. Well, it runs at least this far, Matt. On the same day that that blog post was made, the 5th of November, um, all of the state secretaries were sent a letter by Brian Fernandez, who's the competition manager for the Malaysian Hockey Federation. So it reads, Postponement of National Veteran Tournament 2019. Please be informed that due to unavoidable circumstances and technical matters beyond our control, we regret to inform you that the National Veterans Tournament 2019 has been postponed to December, in which we shall inform all states the new date as soon as possible. Thank you for your understanding and cooperation. Um, which begs the question, when was it going to be held if this is the letter sent out on the 5th of November? And they're, they're, I've been trying to find out some more information about it, but... It's very difficult because you've been to the Malaysian Confederation website and it's in Bahasa, fair enough, that's what they speak in in Malaysia, but there's no translate and the Google translate we've no, discovered. Not there, thank you. Nah, no, we're not going with that. They told we shouldn't. And um, in good news for that, for Malaysia though, mate, yeah. Roland Altman has said he will see out his contract. Oh, will he? Yes, he will. Oh, how that? long do you reckon they'll let his contract run? <laughs> yeah. um, but... Obviously, something's going on there. We'll try and get to the bottom of that because uh, you'd imagine that uh, it's more than just, oh, we won't be playing hockey games on this day, we'll move them to that day. It's something like a national veteran tournament. There'd be people coming from all over, there'd be accommodation, there'd be all sorts of issues involved with just moving something. Well, there's going to be issues involved. The Johor uh, Deputy President, uh, Majid Manjit Abdullah, has said uh, the Kedar Hockey Association officials are annoyed with their president and will be lodging a police report. So it's, oh, it's all cooking. We've got to keep our eye on that. Keep your eyes on that one. Yeah, definitely. Um, we should move on. You are listening to the Reverse Stick of a Global Hockey Podcast, and. Um, well, where should we start in our list of things to talk about? Matt? Well, we've got about 25 oh. minutes to do it. We break it up into two two second blocks. We should get it all in. Okay. Uh, should we start with um, Thierry? Yeah, why not? Yes, of course. Because uh, that was a big uh, announcement this uh, week. A statement from the FIH and uh, uh, presented in quite an odd interview style. Um, just just the uh, the text, obviously. No. Just the headline. Just the head, FIH CEO, Thierry Whale, and colon. Then it's got a quotation mark. A magnificent show. And I thought there was going to be some sort of, like it was a video. What, for P.T. Barnum style? No, no. <laughs> uh, but I know, you've spoken out on Thierry appearing on video before. Well, I was, I was uh, really happy to see that it's just a text document. And, and they followed my advice. They're listening, Matt. Yeah, well, you know don't the put issue. Them in front of a camera. Yeah, you know the issue, mate, don't you? What? Not enough angles. No oh. cameras. Not enough angles. We've probably got one, no. well, one, one from behind. We can probably see the back of his head. We no, can probably one, see a side on. There is an ankle. There is an oh, ankle. an ankle shot. <laughs> no, no. Look, you haven't, you haven't seen everything Dr. Batch has seen. Uh. Okay, so you can't make a call on that. Well, actually, I saw Dr. Batch. He was uh, very close to... Ollie the turtle uh, in a photo on uh, coming out from Hockey India the other day. I wouldn't have thought. David Elton. <laughs> eh? Oh, fair play to him for hanging around with such a slippery character. Oh yes. Well, I'm not touching that. I'm going away. Well, no, I think it's it's, it's very brave of Dr. Batra to grapple with Ollie. Oh, I don't know. I don't know who's got more bravery in that situation. Yep, definitely slippery character involved there. Um, 
But let's get back to what we're talking about. And that was uh, exactly what Jerry did write, or someone wrote, or said to someone who wrote it down. It doesn't actually get attributed to an author as such, or there's no interviewer. It's just got a, um, what would you call it? A different a Q, font. A Q&A, a Q yeah, it's a Q&A with, a, with your uh, Q in bold and your yeah. A in not so bold. Um, what did you make of it? Let's, do you want to really go through it? I mean... Uh, it's excited, yeah. It was a magnificent show. On behalf yeah. of FIH, I'd like to congratulate all teams who have qualified for next year Olympic Games, blah, 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 hockey fans, rah, rah, rah. Um, they've surely seen how exciting hockey is. Uh, well, yeah, it gets exciting when there's so much on the line, doesn't it? Yeah, specific moments. Yeah, those games were great. Dutch were great. Blah blah blah. Uh, now this question. Well, they, they, they did, at least they at least they didn't pretend to dodge the bullet in a fully handwritten statement. They they did address it. There was also an. This, but it's, it's an interesting way to introduce this question. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Da, 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 do you have any specific? Oh no. So such as USA and India or China versus yeah. Belgium, etc. Dot dot dot. Then the interview has obviously come in. There was also an umpiring decision during the second leg of the Canada Ireland men's qualifiers, which generated much debate. What are your comments on that? And well, what Jerry does is make a few points. Okay, he says the old everyone is entitled to the. Their opinion, disagree, blah, blah. But, um, some of the comments have been, uh, off, off the values of hockey, mm-hmm. quote. Uh, and in order to avoid any disturbances for teams and umpires in the preparations ahead for the second week of qualifiers. So this was obviously done prior to this weekend's game. I didn't actually see it. No, no, it wasn't. It's come, no, it's come out after. Yeah, yeah but, yeah. but he was obviously talking before the second round of qualifiers. No, 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 he's in. Well, he just says here. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's saying in order to avoid oh, any okay, disturbance yeah. for teams and umpires in their preparations ahead of the second week and yeah. weekend of qualifiers. So they also right. chose not to speak. They chose not to speak in between those games. Uh, they had not made any proactive statements on the matter, but responded to requests received. Uh, now he outlines a couple of points. Now, these are interesting. Hockey has been one of the first sport to introduce the video technology to assist umpiring and is widely recognised as a leader in this field. Yeah, whatever. I don't think we were one of the first, but anyway. Yeah, we were top five, probably. Yeah, maybe. Technology and process use for video umpiring at these qualifiers were all in line with the FIH provisions on video umpiring established since many years and applied correctly. For FIH events, a minimum of four camera angles are required in order to have a video umpire referral process in place. For the FIH Hockey Olympic qualifiers, however, this number was raised to a minimum of six cameras. Um, video umpires have the access to camera angles which may not always be on the live broadcast and the umpires selected for these qualifiers all belong to the best panel of FIH umpires where a continuous evaluation is made. Well, you just going to do a plug for FIH umpires then. FIH, FIH umpires. Um, should umpires be more supported, Matt? Well, umpires are volunteers who spend a huge part of their free time for the, for the sport they love and to enable athletes to play the sport they love. They follow courses organised by all national associations, continental federations and FIH. They train hard to keep improving. They often have tough decisions to take. They're, sorry, if you're an umpire, can I just pat you on the head at this stage, please? Uh, therefore, while emotions are understandable, understandable due to what is at stake in sports sometimes, umpires need the support and respect of everyone in line with the values which depict our sport. This is fundamental. Not only do they deserve that, but that is also a prerequisite to give them the level of self-confidence needed to fulfil their mission. Yes, that's what the FIH had to say about things. Um, 
Does that satisfy you? It's just a bit wishy-washy, isn't it? I don't know what else he can he can say anyway. Oh, that, that, that yeah, he knows yeah. the rules. <laughs> it, it's, uh, yeah, it, it's the sort of statement you'd expect. I think that, yeah, it's it's what you'd expect without being anything to hang your hat on. I would have thought. But um, what what does interest me is uh, how we move forward with the six and four camera angles. I mean. We're led to believe there were six cameras there. Yeah, but, but one, they weren't one, all instructed to be. No, one was apparently ready to film the benches for the celebrations of of the winners. Yeah, so maybe that was a seventh camera. I don't know. We're told there's six cameras there, and at the moment when the provision for cameras is, you got to have six. Well, the television's not going to use all of the six cameras they are, unless you start paying them for extra cameras. Oh, is this six on top of the ones that the broadcasters you want to use? That's the sort of thing you've got to be looking at. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what uh, if there's any changes in the future with the way the video stuff's done. I think everybody's pretty much had their say about it. But we, we do have to make a qualification, though, Matt, about some of the comments we made in regard to the Ireland-Canada game. Uh, well, indeed we do. Uh, so, we, yeah, we were contacted by somebody who was there and uh, they let us know that there was um, a bit of an issue. We we called out... What? We called out the... Uh, the we called out... We okay. called out the horn um, being being an issue. <laughs> Sorry, we called out the horn being an issue there at the, uh, the, the Canada-Ireland game because... <laughs> it's not Ollie the Turtle back again, is it? We called out... No, I believe that's a moose. It yeah. is. A, it is a moose, John. <laughs> Indeed. Um, yeah, they, they couldn't play the horn um, at any point during the game because of strict local bylaws um, permitting any horns being played. They're taking the horn away from hockey in Canada, John. And I say, hashtag bring back the horn. Well, I, I have a solution. I know what's going on here. I know okay. why this is a, a problem because I've got some audio here of the actual horn that they would have played at the stadium. <laughs> So, so um, what what that is is it's a moose mating call, and, ah. and what what you know the locals get a little bit upset. So that's about, why they didn't want to play it because they right. would have, they'd have had mooses moose eye teeming from the hills. They would right. come and run, and they do apparently. Oh, so do. you know. These things are, you know, we can't help these sorts of things at all. Okay. But we, we we would like to to point out that seriously, local authorities wouldn't allow it to be happen, the horn to be used. Yeah, it was there and it was working. Yeah. Um, but a wh- whistle only. Can you do that? No, I'm not going to try. Can't do that one anymore. No. Uh, anymore. <laughs> you need more I used teeth. to be a big wolf whistler back in the day. Did you? Oh yeah, terrible. Oh, well, let's move on. Not on the wolf pack because that would be. Inappropriate. <sighs> Moving yeah, on. Yes, I don't think that one's going to escape. Um, there, w- there were some other umpiring issues elsewhere in the world, John. Was it? Not yeah. the Ireland Canada women's no, game. No, 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 no. This was uh, no contentious a, videos a, there. A game? No, I don't no, believe so. Game okay. in uh, in the US between Princeton and oh, uh, Cornell yes. field hockey. Um, some some comments from coach Andy Smith after a 3-0 defeat. Unfortunately for us, we haven't executed properly, but two diabolical umpiring decisions made the scoreline 3-0, said the head coach. Princeton's a very good team. They were probably the better team on the balance of today, but I think the 3-0 scoreline was very unfair to us. As I said, two diabolical umpiring decisions went against us, against us today. They are outrageous, appalling. 
Um, just to let you know, Princeton uh, had 14 shots on goal to three for Cornell. <laughs> so Cornell, let me get this right. Cornell scored three goals from their free shot, three shots. No, 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 from the 14. No, Princeton scored, scored. three from their 14. Cornell, the losers, didn't get any from their three. Smith said the game was a lot closer than the scoreline would suggest. Anyway, he's not very happy with the umpires. I wonder if he'll get sighted. Well, hang on a sec. Did he say there was two contentious ones? Yeah. And so that they should have scored two goals. It's two bad decisions, he said, but you have to move on. I do not usually talk about umpires, but today really was sad. I'm not going to tell you that we would have won the game otherwise, but the two decisions that were made for the second and third goals were appalling. So, has, has he been to an English soccer match, soccer <laughs> manager's uh, sort of school of post-match press conferences? Mate, even with those two decisions in your favour, guess what the score is? Yeah. Three, two. I'm he, pretty sure that still means you lose. In fact, he does go on to sound very much like an English soccer manager. His final line is, I'm really proud of the way the team played today. We could not play a lot better than that oh, without yeah. scoring goals. Yeah. We knew what Princeton was going to do, and they've outshot everyone all season. They were great. But we're getting there, and we'll continue to grow from here. Oh, that, all that's missing at the end is, we go again. And that, that is classic for the, dre- for the locker room coach speech. I reckon that, that particular speech. Yeah, well, Mark. Post-match presser. Mark Hagar. Read on. Mark? <laughs> Just a bit of a back reference, mate. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, you know he's not the New Zealand coach anymore, is he, GB? <laughs> Hang on, I'm not that far behind. Um, no, not quite. Hello, I'm Nick Irvin, and you're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Um, I noticed uh, yesterday or this morning, Hockey Australia put out a tweet. Uh-huh. And it was congratulating our local FFA, or the Football Federation of Australia, the controlling body for soccer mm-hmm. here in Australia, on um, a deal they signed this week um, with the Players' Union, I assume, and, the, and all the parties involved, whereby there would be equal pay for the national team members of national teams, equal yeah. pay for both men and women, and also some sort of evening of the revenue um, revenue streams across, as well. the, across, across the brands. Across, across the brands, so that men and women would both be sharing from the same pool exactly. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know the technical de- intricate details of the um, the sharing of merchandise and branding stuff, but certainly as far as if you play for your country, you'll get paid this much money. Yeah. And um, no, well, look, it's um, the same as anybody, any other individual. But we've also, we've also spoken a lot about soccer in particular in the past, and they make, the players make their money and get paid by their clubs, don't they? And that's well, the that's way been the model that the men have always used. Yeah. That, that's how it works, and, and we know how well, no, women's, women, yeah, women's soccer well, as well. Well, that's, that's growing course. now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's growing. It's never really been there before. I mean, it's very much as amateur. Women's football is as amateur as as hockey, or maybe even less amateur. Um, but now it's it's growing in the modern era, like many women's sports are. Cricket, especially in this country, has had a huge revival on the back of the participation of women at the, inverted commas, elite level. And many of them are elite athletes. Oh, no doubt. No, there's no, yeah, there's no doubt in that. It's whether anybody actually wants to come and play against Australia or not <laughs> in the women's game. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's great. Great announcement for... Female athletes in sport and all that sort of stuff. We've got nothing against it by any stretch. Um, but it did get me thinking, um, because 
hockey for a long time, I'm under the impression, is basically been paying their athletes the same amount of money. I noticed Hockey Australia board member Sandra Sully tweeted quite swiftly, I think, after the announcement, saying, hang on, we've been doing this in hockey for a long time. It's, yeah, a long it's, time. It, it's great. Um, now, I'm not, so, I'm not so sure that happens equally across the hockey world, but certainly in this country, athletes aren't necessarily paced. The, the money they receive from government isn't based on their gender necessarily. No, but there's been interesting things tweeted in the past week in response to the volunteer comments from Thierry saying, oh, well, look, the players are volunteers as well. It's one of the ex-Irish players. And to be fair, more than half of the squad are on a professional contract playing overseas. Um, they may have some other jobs as well, but they're getting paid to play league hockey in another country. Now, it's semi, very, it's yeah, semi-professional, yeah. but it's not total amateur either. No. It's not total, total volunteering to the, to the sport. There's a financial incentive. Uh, and a personal yeah. incentive to go overseas and play for clubs that, that pay for players. Uh, I, I want to pick up exactly on that point in a sec, but before I do, um, and it's great to see Hockey Australia congratulating it too as well, but it's it'll be interesting to see if moving into the future, um, that will see the FFA start dipping into the same, let's call it government pool of money, that Hockey Australia is currently able to do because there is equity in the in the athletes that are representing the country I don't know, it might be nothing in it maybe Hockey Australia gets no kudos and, and no financial uh, kickback for the fact that we have been a sport that's been equally representative for a long time but it'd be, uh, it'd be interesting to see if there is an impact because these other sports are now coming online because the pool of money won't necessarily grow It'll just be divided into smaller portions. Well, we know that the, the the pot is shrinking. There's yeah. no doubt there, and and yeah. you know that's uh, that's why we're looking at 14 man game day squads for hockey one. And that's not to say we shouldn't move ahead with those sorts of you know parodies in life and across everything, but um, it'll well, be interesting well, to see if there's a ripple of some sort of degree. I think I think certainly when there's a, a professional element to it, it's what the market will bear. That's yeah. you know, and, and time will tell. There's the um, yeah the the big issues with particularly with with soccer and women's soccer has been that visibility and and as we're seeing here with cricket, there's a you can see the uh, the women's short form big 2020 match. game yeah. on free to air television, but the men's game has gone on to to pay pay per view. A lot of people in the country don't even know that there's been T20 internationals happening. It's you know there's Australia playing Sri Lanka and Pakistan, and Pakistan yeah, and uh, you just wouldn't know that it's on. And, and we've got to be very, very careful when we hide our sports behind a paywall. Or paywall, although with something like hockey, uh, we're prepared to have it from the likes of KO Sports because it's the only way we are going to get our eyes on it, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's right, and it'll be a way of the future very much. And broadcasting is changing rapidly. Talk about the future, um, John. Are you on? Are you on iTunes? No. Well, yes, I am. Oh, yeah? I can know. you get on and do a review of this podcast on I there, have. please? Because we have. Oh, can you um, get a pseudonym and use another sign-on account and put? <laughs> um, we really would appreciate if you are on iTunes and you're listening to this right now on iTunes. They get on to your. Um, I'm sure someone's got a thing that they can pseudonym stuff for us. You know, one of those bot things. Yes, yeah, that, that sounds like a bot going off in the background there at the moment. It might be. Just, um, not that kind. Um, there is a smell in here. Look, there's one. There is, I told you. I told you. Uh, no, yeah, no, please, now, folks. please do. Yeah, get onto iTunes and, and leave us a review wherever you are in the world. I still think uh, Keeley's one is the only one in Canada. So if you're in Canada, we'd appreciate 
that, uh, and like and subscribe, and don't forget to tell your mates. Now, back to your um, point about volunteers and all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. that you were making before. Um, amidst a lot of some of the discussion that's been going on recently is the call for umpires to be professional, or that's another Pro- one. I wonder prof- where that came professional. from. Professional. Yeah, professional. <laughs> yeah, go on. Yeah, because there's a, a lack of professionalism going on somewhere, Matt. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, but there was a call about whether we should have full-time umpires, whether they're blah, blah, because they are essentially volunteers. They don't make much money out. They don't make any money. It? No, no, no. No, it's not even that. It's expensive. expenses. To get yeah, whatever it is, yeah. yeah. Okay, so um, full-time umpires, if the game could afford it, which I don't think it can, should, I, should we have full-time umpires at the elite level? And I, I don't think we should, based on an interview I heard recently with um, a well-known umpire in the local AFL uh, brand of football. Uh-huh. And, uh, and that is professional umpiring there? They, they go no, they, they don't. No, they don't. They, they get good coin, don't, don't get me wrong. They, they do get some pretty good that lo- coin. The local competition or the national competition? The national competition. Right. So the elite level yeah, of the yeah, sport. Yeah, yeah. The elite level of the sport. But they all have jobs. And I'll try and dig out the audio if I can, because it's really interesting when he has that question posed to him. He says, no, I think umpires have got to be removed from the game. And, and he goes through and he explains it far better than I can try and do it now. But they're, they're, it's good for them to get some distance to have other blah, blah, doing other things. And we often hear that said about players too, when you live in the, the cocoon of being around a national mm-hmm. squad or whatever. It's good to get out and get other inputs into your life and have a way to release and get away from it all. And he, he thought that going professional for umpires would be a bad thing because it won't necessarily change whether decisions are right or wrong. No. Whether they make the correct call or not. It's, well, I've, it's I've, not I've seen in, in, the, in the past week with the VAR in soccer in the English Premier League that there's somebody in a game against my side was, was uh, given offside for their armpit being offside. Oh, I heard um, about that. Yeah. And uh, it seems to have taken things to the nth degree and it's over analytical of, uh, of what's going on and you know, and, and another day without well, that, that technology, that that would have been a, um, not allowed, and a goal would have been scored. Yeah, and it, it's something that the only way you can pick it up is with technology, in the sense that it, it's the game's played by humans at the pace that humans play everything. It should be adjudicated at the pace that, if you know what I yeah, mean, yeah, as yeah, soon yeah. as you start taking on. No, but that, that VAR is, is is done in a separate studio, much like the yeah. um, FIH commentary. Yeah. <laughs> At least it's in the same country. <laughs> well, we, we like to think. But, um, yeah. Just... Oh, thanks to Tansy Lee for taking the cakes for comms. Um, did he? What yeah. happened? Well, there was no nobody in comms to give them to, so he ate them. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, good, good on him. Good on you, Tansy. Didn't, didn't all go to waste. Um, <laughs> I don't think he'll be scoring any goals next weekend. No. Yeah. Back What else you got, mate? Uh, a couple of quick things before uh, I literally have to run out of the door. Uh, HockeyEast.co.uk found a little article from the 22nd of October. October. Urinating at the side of the pitch or behind the goal? Urinating at the side of the pitch or behind the goal? We have had reports from umpires that the England Hockey Directive that players should not pee beside the pitch or behind the goal. The reasons are obvious. However, from neutral appointed games, we have had a report of a game in Norfolk. A player thought it was okay while getting changed into his kit thought it was okay to have a wee while not carrying any shorts. Also this weekend, we had a report of a team from Lincolnshire where not one, not two, but three players were urinating at the same time, no doubt sharing tales of woe as they did. 
We've added a bit of humour into this news item, but people feeling the need to pee and feeling it's okay to do so while on the pitch should stop now and understand they expose themselves to penalty either from their club and or from our sports governing body should the complaint be formally made. You don't want to be exposed to that, do you? No. In every sense. There you go. Um, I think one of the problems there, John, is a lot of the pitches in the UK are schools pitches and municipal pitches and there might not be uh, toilet facilities close by to, to use. Who knows? Anyway. No look, trees? No, nothing you could stand behind? A bush? Word, word of warning out there to everybody playing hockey this weekend, particularly those of you in the UK. No peeing pitch side. I used to play with a goalkeeper that kept a stubby behind the goals. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've, I've seen a goalkeeper um, with a pipe underneath the helmet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there we go. Uh, What's well, coming up for your hockey week? Uh, oh, you no, keep, you can, we can, no, walking, uh, hockey, walking, walking hockey, hockey week coming up. Uh, we've got regular walking hockey at the club on, on Monday. Then we go to uh, uh, have a go week over 50s uh, day happening at Burswood Park in Perth. A full day event, getting people coming along and giving a go, giving it a go with walking hockey. And then we've got a Coburn Seniors Week uh, open festival happening on the Friday at the new club. So, yeah, walking hockey, walking hockey, walking hockey. One of the guys who played this morning had his pedometer on, and he doesn't move a lot on the field. He did, no. he did 3.6 kilometres. Russell. Russell, yeah, pretty did impressive. 3.6 kilometres? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, really? um, I think one of the other ladies that moves a bit, she 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 clocked in at 5Ks or something like that. No, from, I think from the other week. use the word run. I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> uh Last thing, interesting, Leon Haywood putting on the helmet for the Black Sticks uh, in yep. the qualifiers last weekend. That's a second recent defector, ex-Australian international, playing for another country. Apparently his mum's a Kiwi. Um, played ever so well, though. Good luck to him. Yeah, good luck to him. Good luck to you. Good luck you to Sam. Know, Sam. So let's go back to that for what? a second, because you seem to be quite... Um, oh, no, what's the word for it? You, you kept sending me messages. Oh, he, he, played, he played for Australia, yeah, yeah. Long time ago, you qualified, did the qualification. Oh, look at this! This is. Then I got another message about well, it. I'm just, well, I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering it. how many uh, players in the next two or three years we're going to see that have had international honours for one country going to play for another country um, because they haven't been able to break through or continue to that next step within their international setup. There'd only be so many countries it's going to happen with. Uh, but interesting to see. Uh, guys going from Australian program to the Irish program and Tim Cross and, and to the, the Kiwi program going into how, this this year. How do you feel about players who've previously been selected for a senior national men's team uh-huh. going to represent another nation? Uh, you'd be a bit pissed off if you're, you lose your spot or you know, you reduces your options. But it, did, it, look, it happens in sport all over, doesn't well, it? People just want to do the, the best. Qualif- they want to do the, the best. qualification period. Yeah. He's set, oh yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. And, he, and he's got the family. He's got the family qualification to be able to do oh, it. Well, and that's no big a, deal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, it's just interesting what stance that the FIH may or may not take in the future, as as if and when. You know, you well, start to I always relate leak from programs. Yeah, you know, I always relate back to the the Hong Kong situation. You've got people who can be born and bred and play through the whole system there, but because they don't have a Chinese passport, they can't they can't play under the the regulations. Uh, and it just seems to be kind There's of a bit mixed mixed messages in there. That's yeah, it doesn't seem seem quite right. There is um, perhaps it'll sort itself out. Uh, no stick it to John contestants for this week. Uh, do email me, matt at thereversestick.net, if you want to take on John. Maybe they were scared, John, that you were looking for some kind of miraculous comeback. Uh, of course, you don't have to email us. You can also get in touch with us on the social meds, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. That'll ah, 
Ah, whose phone would that be? It's uh, somebody calling from Melbourne, Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, get in touch with us on the socials. Uh, we've got a YouTube channel as well. Um, yeah, share it. If we put this podcast out, this is episode 119, uh, by the way, uh, then please do retweet and help us spread the word. And also a big thank you to our patrons, in particular to FH Umpires, uh, Gavin Lee, John O'Shea, Scott Edwards, all top-tier patron supporters of ours. If you want to help us out with our hockey podcast endeavours, please do go to patreon.com forward slash the reverse stick. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, just about it from us, isn't it? That's it, mate. Uh, uh, well done to Jade from Hockey World News, uh, playing in inter-services, won an indoor cup there cup. The, yeah, the other day. And uh, check out the new sexy South Pass indoor stick for indoor use only. Check out southpass.com. I'm going to do a calendar for next year. Beards of hockey. Huh? Yeah, I reckon you might feature, mate. Oh, good, he's getting yeah, there. It's, a, it's I'm AD Lock. Right. I'm AD Lock inspired. Uh, well, I th- you know, Jade's certainly got a place in there. And uh, there's a few others that are making a, a late run for it. Real hockey players wear beards. Maybe. Hey, Ro. Do you want to hear my Bob Dylan impersonation? Uh, yeah, uh, well, no, not really. <laughs> but, sure. But I'm sure you're going to do it anyway. Well, my telephone rang and it would not stop. It's President Batra calling me up. He said, my friend John, why do we need to make the game grow? I said, my friend Batra, Bridget Bardo, Anita Ekberg, Sophia Lauren, Spot will grow. Uh, Hockey will grow. Mate, that's, um, that's, that's, just, that's just beautiful. Um, what can I say? Um, I guess. Oh, Capitone, one, one, one Capitone.